You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.nbcocala.com. Does anybody know what we're talking about today? In training, good deal. I'm going to uh, start with a little bit of review because um, it's going to help those of you that weren't here and it's going to help those of you that were here. Um, Repetition is a wonderful teacher. And also it's part of training that we keep doing some of the same things. Not at the risk of even being, uh, becoming monotonous at all. Uh, but this is very important for us. But we are in training. Go ahead and say it. I'm in training. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 7 and 8 from the New Living Translation. It says, do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives tales. Instead, help me out with this, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Watch this. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Listen to it from the message. It's a paraphrase. It says, stay clear of silly stories that get dressed up as religion. Exercise daily in God. No spiritual flabbiness, please. Workouts in the gymnasium are useful, but a disciplined life in God is far more so, making you fit both today and forever. So this is not, you know, our spiritual life, our our following Jesus, living for God, is not separated from everything else, and that it only affects the hereafter. It affects the here and the now as as well as the hereafter. Now, what we're talking about, we're talking about in training, and here's really the pivotal idea right here, is that we are trying to do a lot of things that instead we should be, help me, we should be training to do. And there's a vast difference, and I applaud trying, and we should never stop trying, but we're going to be much more effective. We're going to be much more successful at our, our endeavors and in following God if we will train instead of just trying. Can I get an amen if you're here today? There are things that we're trying to do, and we've been trying to do, that as we train, we're going to do better at. For example, overcoming temptation. And we've been trying. I may have just given up. Okay, don't do that. Uh, We're trying. We're trying to overcome. And and let me tell you this about your temptations. And I don't know all of you personally, but I know this about every one of us here. You essentially have dealt with the same brand of temptations your whole life. It's the same one's whole life. It's just like if you were a fish, the devil knows what you bite on. How does he know? Because he's tried every bait and lure and every, everything. Well, they don't like that one. They don't like it. You know, some things he puts in front of you, you don't even notice. And there's other things. It's like, you're all over it. Come on. And so he's learned uh, over your lifetime. So that's the things that keep getting presented in your life. And this is what we do. We try to overcome that. And sometimes we're successful. Sometimes we're not successful. And so we're at best inconsistent. But did you know that we could actually train to overcome those areas of your life that you deal with temptation and struggle with? That we could actually train. And you know what? You're going to be better at it by training than if you just try. There's other areas that we're trying. We're trying to be nice to people. Come on. 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to be nice to them today. We try. We can actually train to do this. We try to live godly. We should train to live godly. We try to not worry. We try, but we can actually train and do a much, much better job at this. You know, there's some things in the natural we would never just try to do. You know, if I found out that some of you were, one of you was going to have surgery or something, I wouldn't say, let me try it. <laughs> Come on, I'll Google it. I'll get, I'll watch a little video. Let me try. You go, no, get out of here. You know, you wouldn't have, and, and surgery all the way to what if I showed up and I said, let me try to cut your hair. You know, not if, not if I'm not what? Trained. What if you got on an airplane and you're all, you know, all buckled in and everything, all of a sudden on the intercom? Ladies and gentlemen, this is your pilot. Well, actually, I'm not a pilot, but I've always wanted to do this. And so if you'll indulge me, I'm going to try to fly. Guess what? I think it would be appropriate then to rush the cockpit at that point, okay? But there's things that we don't, we don't try to do those things. We're better off when we know somebody has trained. And the more training, the better. I mean, think about it. What if your surgeon came in and said, now this is my first one. Even though they've been through all the way through school, I'd rather hear that he's done a bunch of them. Are you all with me? All right, good deal. Now, when we try, and this is really a mindset change as well, when we're trying to do something, we tell people sometimes, try harder. Or, are you really trying? I tried my best. You know, when we do that, this is the mindset. It's a pass-fail mindset. It's either you did it or you didn't do it. But when we have a training mindset, guess what that is? That's progress. That's progress. So if I try my best, it's either pass-fail. It's one or the other. But when I'm training, I'm training to get better. I'm training to do better at this. It's more of a progress mindset rather than it's an all or nothing kind of thing. And actually, if you look at our our Christian life, read throughout the epistles, you're going to find that it's a matter of, Paul told Timothy, he said, let your spiritual progress be evident to everybody. And so it's a matter of growth, here a little, there a little. Everything is, is incremental. You know, it's odd if something is just boom to boom. Um, you know, we're not real trusting of something that goes from boom to boom like that. And so it's a progress Uh, the kingdom of God is as if a man should sow seed upon the ground and it should sprout and grow and then it brings forth uh, the the ears and then the full corn in the ears and then finally it's ready for harvest. It's a process that all of this happens and we should be more process and progress mindset rather than pass-fail. And I think a lot of Christians are stunted in their following after God because it's like, I failed at that. I failed at that. When instead, let's stop so much just trying and let's actually get in training and we're going to continue over the next few weeks to really unfold this so that all of us are are actually seriously in training and it's fun too amen now training let me give you a, a definition i gave to you last week as well training involves a skill or behavior that can be learned or improved upon through instruction and practice over a period of time. Let me give that to you again. 
training and think about some of the things I've told you about, overcoming temptation, learning to fly a plane, whatever it would be, a skill or behavior that can be learned or improved upon through instruction and practice over a period of time. Now, one of the things that sticks out to me is training denotes consistency, consistency. And the more consistent we are, the better we are at something. And can I tell you one of the biggest problems for Christians? Consistency. If we would just be consistent with things. And, and it means that we keep on doing these same kind of things. I shared with you a number of thoughts on this. Consistency beats intense effort every time. What you do day by day takes you to your future. Little things over time make a big difference. Case in point, the Grand Canyon. Come on. Little things over the course of time uh, make a big, big difference. Consistency. Everybody say consistency. Now, you must have a goal in mind. You know, if, you, if someone says, I'm in training. Are y'all here? Y'all are just a little too quiet for me this morning. If, if I'm in training, if you're in training, you need to have a goal in mind. If you don't have a goal, then you're just, why are you doing this? You're going to lose interest in it. It's going to become monotonous to you. But if you're training, let's say a runner is training for a marathon or somebody's training for a competition, or maybe you're in training, you know, physical conditioning because you want to lose some weight or you want to be able to move or you, you know, uh, whatever the, the doctor threatened you, you know, whatever it would be that you're, that you're doing that. I train, I, I wish I trained a little bit more, but I'm, I'm real consistent about it. And what is my goal? My goal is all my life, I want to be able to move. And I want to be able to get around and I want to feel good. And I want to play with my boys and I want to play with my grandchildren. I, I want a rough house, I want to run. I think I can still outrun all my boys. They're looking at me like, bring it. If I didn't have dress shoes on. But seriously, I want to be able to do that all my life, you know, and I plan on pastoring this church till Jesus comes, you know, and, and amen. So, okay, let me put this, die or fly, okay. So if I'm like 90 or something, I don't want you to have to sing three extra songs while I come up four steps, you know. <laughs> He's coming. He's coming. All right. But you've got to have a goal. Otherwise, it's just busy work and stuff. And listen, when you're training, and, and think of our training to follow God, to live for Jesus here, there's some things that you don't do because you're in training. And there's some things you make sure that you do because you're in training. You know, if somebody is in training, they're on a team or something, and all their friends invite them, come over here and do this and go here and have that. Say, I I can't. I can't because I'm in training. And while there's some things that you can't do because you're in training, there's other things you must do because you're in training. So what is the goal? What are we looking at here concerning this? And let me say that you've got to have a goal or otherwise, this is what you're going to become, okay? If... If you are doing all the things, you're, quote, in training, but you don't have a goal, you're reading the Bible, you're praying, you come to church, you're a steward, you serve some, you do that. And and you know what? If you don't have a clear goal, I'm going to tell you what you're going to become. You ready? 
just good church-going folks. Can I tell you some of the nastiest people I ever met were good church-going folks. And some of the most boring people I've ever met are just good church-going folks. And I'm going to tell you what, it's not very appealing. But I'm telling you that if you will light into this, and let me tell you what our goals are, and it actually forms a mathematical equation. We talked about these a little bit last week. The goals would be this, that you would be happy. I got one, one. Anybody else? Two, two. This is obviously a needed goal, okay? You'd be happy, at least happier than you are. I'm happy. I'm happy. But you know what? I'm wanting to peg that up higher. Happy, stable. I won't say nothing. Fruitful. Blessed. Add all of that up. And here's our real goal. To be a blessing. Happy. Stable. Fruitful. Blessed. What am I, wait, what am I talking about? I'm in training. My goal is what? That I'd be happy, stable, fruitful, blessed, so that I could be a blessing. The goal is not just, I just want to be happy. That can't be your goal. That's part of the process. That's one of the things that will show up. That'll be some of the fruit of your training. But it's to be happy, stable, fruitful, blessed, so that, say it with me, I can be a blessing. Let me, let me phrase that another way. We are in training so that we can be a blessing. We are in training so that God can use us. We're in training because God is fixing us up so that he can use us. And I'm going to tell you something. He's not going to be able to use you if you're not happy, if you're not stable, if you're not fruitful, if you're not blessed. He's not going to, nobody's going to be interested in you. If you're this sad sack, I'm a good church-going Christian. Uh, That's not appealing. Happy is, come on, stable is, fruitful. You actually can get some things done and do good. Blessed. There's some kind of touch on your life. And you put all that together, you can be a blessing to somebody. And if you'll live this way, happy, stable, fruitful, and blessed. Folks, listen, intense training so that those things are evident in our life so that God can use us in somebody else's life. Not a list of these are all the things we're against. And I never miss church. Big deal. Amen. And I want us Meadowbrookers to be happy. Uh, no, no, no. I didn't say hyper. I mean Tuesday morning when you wake up. And knowing how to make the adjustments. You know, I got up this morning and my calves were like, what happened? Because I've been marching in water and boogie boarding with my boys and running on the beach and doing stuff, you know. And it's like this morning, it's like, what is going on? Okay, let's say your calf muscles are your happy muscle. 
And what if you wake up morning and it's like, wow, that's not good. Well, you know what? If you're in training, you know, we got to stretch those puppies out. And so if you wake up one morning and your happy muscles all cramped, Y'all ever had your happy muscle cramp? <laughs> you better massage that, stretch that out. You, when you're in training, you know how to get that up to where it's supposed to be. Say it with me. Happy? happy. Stable. Stable. Fruitful. Fruitful. Blessed. Blessed. So that I can be, I can be. a blessing. Blessed. That is what I'm in training for. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Now. I didn't mean to take all that time, but apparently we needed it. All right. Thank you. I'm I'm happy too. I'm happy too. All right. In training, perhaps the greatest asset, the greatest help to our training is going to be, you ready? A trainer. A trainer. Now hold on, I'll tell you who the trainer is in a moment. Let me tell you about a trainer. A trainer knows more than you. A trainer has been there. A trainer is what you are wanting to be, has what you are wanting to have, does what you're hoping to do. A trainer encourages you, corrects you, keeps you safe, keeps you on task, holds you accountable, and can help you reach your goals better than you could just by yourself. And I want to tell you who our trainer is, and we all need a trainer. Are you ready for this? Our trainer is the Holy Spirit. The trainers, now God will use, God will use pastors and ministers and friends and books to help train you, but you need to know the one that is with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, who knows you best, and let me tell you about this trainer, the Holy Spirit, he knows more than you do, he's been everywhere, he is, has, and does all that you want to is, have, and do. He encourages you, he corrects you, he keeps you safe, he keeps you on task, he holds you accountable, and he can help you reach your goals better than you could by yourself. His main ministry, his main ministry is his personal, daily, ongoing ministry for you. I, I, get, I get impatient with people that think the only work of the, of the Spirit is when we all come together. If that's the only time he gets together, we're going to miss the Holy Spirit in our search for the spectacular. And the better fruit comes when you and I daily, 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 24-7 are allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our life. That's where he's real. That's where he's big. Not just when we get some goosebumps when we get together or, or somebody acts out in some way. It's that day in and day out, the work of the trainer, the Holy Spirit of God working in you and helping you to reach those goals so that he can use you. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. Now, we want and we need a qualified trainer. Um, I have a trainer now. He was here first service and I embarrassed him and everything. And, and he's, he's, uh, I, he's 63, I think. And the guy is just... <clears throat> and I would rather have a trainer like that than like when the first time I went there, you know, if I'll be out in a little bit. And then, you know, it he can't get around. He doesn't know anything. He's fumbling through a manual or whatever, you know. And this guy's been doing this over 30 years. He's, he trained with Jack LaLanne. He's got the goods. He knows the stuff. And you know what? Years ago, I had memberships at different gyms. And you know what I did at those gyms? Try. And I go in there. 
Just, just watch what other people did. Trying. I didn't even know what my goals were. Someone was like, to not look like that and to look like that. And then there's some people, you know, they're standing behind the thing and they're, they're, they're doing all of these and they're just massive. And then they come around the corner and they're just like, are on pencils, you know? It's, a, it's like, you, you forgot your legs. A trainer would have helped that. But I'd leave frustrated. I never was motivated much. It's like, I want to do this. I know I need to do this. But I'm telling you, it makes all the difference in the world. Now, I'm thinking, think now, or following God, living this Christian life. It makes all the difference in the world to have training. Because now I go and, 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 and physical training tells me what to do. He keeps me safe. You know, I watch some people, they get in there and like, watch how much I can lift, you know. And then they got to have five people get it off of them. Watch me raise the dead. No, don't even try. But see, what we've, what we've got to do, what we've got to do is allow the Holy Spirit to be that trainer with us all the time. He knows what we need to do. He'll keep us safe. He'll hold us accountable. And, and we'll get far more done uh, with him helping us than we would just by ourselves. Now, Let me, uh, for the sake of time, I need to run through this real quick. In Proverbs 8, and I'm not going to read the whole thing. The Holy Spirit is the personification of wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. What does a trainer bring to the training session? Wisdom. The Holy Spirit, in, in Proverbs 8, and it's interchangeable, the Holy Spirit, wisdom. We see them come together, and he talks about before anything was created, I was there. And when God did this, I was there. Now follow this. And then he made that, and I was there. And when he drew the circle on the face of the deep, I was there. And he goes on and on and on and on. I was there. I was there. I was the architect. I was the master craftsman. I was there. I was there. And then you get down to Proverbs 8, and it's verse 32. And he says, and so, this is after all that I was there, and I did this. He said, and so, my children, listen to me. Listen to me. And that's the thing. He's qualified. He is wisdom. He knows what we need to know. know, And what we need to do is to listen to him and allow him to be our trainer. Now, wisdom, does anybody know what the beginning of wisdom is? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In Psalm 112, and I'm just going to touch on part of this here. It says, praise the Lord, blessed is the man. Hold on, blessed is the man. Isn't that part of our goal? Blessed is the man who two things, and I'm just going to hit these quickly this morning. Two things. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord and secondly, delights greatly in his commandments. These two things. Now listen to me because this is... This is the crux of the matter. This is where the real difference happens in your life and my life. Get this. Praise the Lord, David said. I mean, he just exploded. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man. This is how you get blessed. This is how you reach the goal. Is by, number one, the fear of the Lord. Number two, he delights greatly in his commandments. I'm going to break those down for us just real quick. We could take a lot of time. I'm not going to take a lot of time on this. The Bible also tells us that the fear of the Lord is to hate evil and to depart from evil. So the fear of the Lord, you ready for this? The fear of the Lord. Everybody say the fear of the Lord. 
Here's my working definition of okay. When I have the fear of the Lord, I love what God loves. I hate what God hates. Let me put it to you this way. Get on God's side. If any adjustment's going to be made, who's going to make it? We are. So I love what God loves. The man who is blessed, the guy who loves what God loves and hate what God hates. Listen, it's not going to work for you if you do it contrary to that. For example, if you find out that God loves something and you hate it, you love it now. Who's going to make the adjustment? We are. You can't expect the blessing of God in your life when he loves something. You hate it. You're going to have to adjust. You're going to have to get on God's program. What if if you find out that God hates something that you, you like? You love it. Guess what? You're going to have to make adjustment. When I was in college, um, there's this girl, real pretty girl. L- let me clear this up. This college long time ago, not college now. Okay. I, I got to get all that clear. Okay. All right. There's this real pretty girl, very talented. I was, I was a music major at the time and she was too. And I got, and I really wasn't living for God much then. And um, I got assigned to be her tutor for music theory. And even though I wasn't following God much then, I did give a big praise the Lord (laughs) for that one. So anyway, um, I was tutoring her for a while and getting to know her a little bit better. And then I got up the nerve one day after class to ask her out. And she said, oh, well, I'd I'd love to. And... um, I said, well, what would you like to do? And she goes, you know, I'd like to go, I hear, come to town, I'd like to go see this opera. (laughs) So I I just took a moment to process and I went, I love opera. (laughs) Do you get my point? So if there's somebody, you go, I can't stand them. And God says, I love them. I do too. (laughs) You with me? Or God said, I hate this. And you go, man, I love, I mean, I hate it too. It's an adjustment we're going to have to make. If You want to be blessed. If you want to reach these goals in your life, you're going to have to get on God's program and love what he loves and hate what he hates. The other part is to delight greatly in his commands. To to delight greatly in his commands. Here's my take on that. I love him telling me what to do. Why? Because he's my trainer. Because he has wisdom. Because he said, do this and do this, many of them, and keep doing them until I tell you to stop and put everything into it and focus and do this. And now we're going to rest and now you're going to do this. And you know what? I like that a whole lot better than me (laughs) trying to live my Christian life. I delight greatly in his commands. And let me tell you about his commands. Sometimes we hear that word commands. It's like Alicia was talking about holding an arm. It's like, ah, don't, let me, let me. You know, but his commands are not burdensome. They're not grievous. And here's, here's the thing about his commands. His commands give life. They show what gives life and they show what takes life away. So if he says to do something, he's saying do it because it will give you life. 
If he says don't do that, he's, he's essentially saying because if you do it, it'll take life away. And I know this, I believe this with all my heart, that every person, whether or not they even know the commands of God, when they disobey or obey, it's either giving them life or it's taking life away. How do you monitor that? How do you know that? I wish we had meters and gauges, don't you? Some of you are like, no. <laughs> Guess what? There are people that are probably sleeping off last night right now. And they did some things, and listen, I'm not, I'm not judging and condemning because guess what? Such were some of us. And they just hadn't seen something yet. Maybe they'll see it if they see a bunch of people that are actually happy, stable, fruitful, and blessed. But you know what happens to them? If they were to check their meter this morning, and maybe they did a bunch of things last night that we're against God's commands. You know what? That takes life away. And here's how you always know. You know it. I know it. They know it. And it's this. For all of our lives. It's for us. Make this personal. It affects your peace, your joy, and your confidence. Whenever you go against one of God's commands, you feel it. It affects your peace. It affects your joy. It affects your confidence. And when you do the right thing, guess what? It affects your peace. It affects your joy. It affects your confidence. And what we need to arrive at is this. I love what God loves. I hate what God hates. And I love God telling me what to do. I delight greatly in his commands. Now, let me just finish up with this. In Psalm 1, and let me, let me just go ahead and tell you. Could we put up the logo, our, our logo real quick? Me, I'm the logo. Uh, there, there. This is very modernized. It's a tree. The whole history of this church. What are we coming up on? 22 years. In August, it'll be 22 years. The entire time I've been laser focused on this, that this is the goal of Christianity, is to be like Psalm 1 and Jeremiah 17. Almost all my Christian life, adult Christian life, I've been um, after the opera and everything, I've, I've been very focused, very focused. And actually, let me go back. God actually used that girl. I picked her up for the first date. And she turned sideways in the car and looked at me and she goes, I want you to know that I love Jesus Christ with all my heart. And I tooted the horn and I go, me too. And I never turned back. But anyway, where was I? Uh, But my whole adult Christian life has been focused on this is the picture in Scripture. Follow this here. In Psalm 1, verse 1 through 3, blessed is the man. Blessed is the man. Isn't that our goal? Blessed is the man who, now hold on. Just as in training, there are things that you do that help you. And there's some things that you don't, you do not do that will help you. The man is blessed because of some things he does, but he's also greatly blessed because of some things he does not do. Blessed is the man. Go ahead and say, it's me. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. The New Living says, uh, does not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. But his delight, there it is, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates every other year. 
How often? Sounds like he's in training. Look at the results. Here's the picture. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Let's do it in Jeremiah 17, 8. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. I don't know. In tree terms, this tree sounds like it might be happy, stable, fruitful, and blessed. God's goal is. Our goal is for each of us to be used of God. And for us to be used of God, we must make it a goal. We must get ourselves in training. And the byproduct of it will be you'll be happy, stable, fruitful, and blessed. And here's the greatest thing. And God will be able to use you. You will be a blessing in the lives of others. Did you get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.